today on this, the sixth Sunday of Easter. Uh, for our friends who are worshiping online, we welcome you too. Uh, and just a reminder, you can go to our website, which is chapelofthecross.org, and there under the resources tab, you will find uh, the bulletin for today so you can follow along. There's also a give tab where you can give your offering to the Lord. Just a few announcements uh, before we begin to worship today. A, a reminder that our special Bible class with Dr. Sanchez continues next Sunday. In fact, next Sunday is our last time with him. It'll meet right here in the sanctuary at 945. So, so I invite you to, to please make sure you come to Bible class next week. Uh, this Thursday, May 26th, is Ascension Day. And so we as a church remember and celebrate the Ascension of our Lord and we'll worship together on that day at 6.30 p.m. this Thursday. So uh, put that on your calendar and I'll see you, see you back here in church on Thursday. Uh, starting Wednesday, the 1st of June, we'll be holding our uh, evening prayer services. Throughout the summer, we do that and, and we do that on the first and third Wednesdays of the month. And we'll do that in the prayer chapel. So not here in the sanctuary, but in the prayer chapel. Um, and and uh, what that is, it's just a, a short 20, 25-minute prayer service, mostly sung, just a, a very nice time in the middle of the week to come and, and spend some time with the Lord and with one another. So uh, that starts on the 1st of June, 6.30 p.m. is when prayer service starts, so please join us for that. Summer Choir also begins rehearsing on Thursday, the 9th of June. Rehearsals are at 7 p.m., and they meet every Thursday, and that the rehearsals run through the end of July. So you're invited to come and sing, and you can come and sing even if you're not normally part of the normal choir. Uh, feel, come, uh, feel free to come and sing just during the summer if you'd like. If you've got questions about that, you can talk to, to Carolyn or you can talk to Ryan, and there is a sign-up sheet at the Welcome Center that we ask you to sign up on. Summer camp starts soon. May 31st is the first day of summer camp. If you know families or children that would be blessed by some, uh, Chapel Summer Camp Ministry, please take a registration form or take a flyer and share that with them. Uh, those are both available at the Welcome Center. And uh, we are also looking forward to Vacation Bible School starting pretty soon, just in a few weeks. We'll hold a weekend VBS on June 11th and 12th. And information is in your weekly. There's also a, a table in the commons area with some information on it. And there's registration forms. There's a volunteer sign-up. So if you can volunteer one of those, one or both of those days, it'd be wonderful sign-up there. And there are also flyers on that table. And we do ask you if you could take some flyers with you. Maybe you don't have any kids or grandkids that, that uh, uh, would be part of VBS, but your neighbor does. So you could take a flyer and share that with them. So go ahead and take one or more flyers with you home and share those with people who could uh, also be involved with Vacation Bible School. Start, uh, we've, uh, there's going to be a short training session after church today for all of our communion assistants and for the altar guild. So if you're a part of those groups, please stay after church for just a few minutes and we're just going to run through some things and, and have a little training or retraining session. So that'll start soon after church, around 12.15 or so. And the pictorial directories have finally arrived. You can pick your copy up at the Welcome Center. Uh, if you could take just one per household, that'd be great. And thank you do, also for your patience as we awaited their arrival here at chapel. Our elder for this weekend is Matt Gar. Matt is standing right here. He's going to greet you at the back door as you leave today. Uh, get to know Matt as one of your elders here at Chapel of the Cross. And, and just a reminder, um, one of the things that our elders do on their Elder of the Weekend 
is to be present in the prayer chapel at 1045, just so 15 minutes prior to this service, uh, to have a little time of prayer. And that's a time where they will speak and pray by name for all of those names that you see in the chapel weekly, those people we pray for, uh, for health concerns or for cancer or for other issues. So we, you are invited to join our elders in that time of prayer. That starts at 1045 every Sunday uh, with, our, with our elder of the weekend. So please, please join them for prayer on the weekend. God's blessings to you as we worship this day. We begin by singing together that opening hymn, The Day of Resurrection, as that's printed in your bulletin. We stand to sing it together.
make our beginning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Blessed are they whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed are they whose sin the Lord does not count against them. Let us confess our sins to the Lord. Almighty and merciful Father, we have strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed what we have devised and desired in our hearts. We have offended you and sinned against your holy law. We have done those things that we should not have done, and we have not done those things that we should have done. Have mercy on us, Lord. Spare us, forgive us, and restore us according to your promises in Christ Jesus. God, our merciful Father, has forgiven all our sins. He sent his Son, Jesus Christ, to be our Redeemer and Savior. Jesus paid the penalty for our guilt by his death on the cross and freed us from death by his resurrection from the grave. We have peace with God, now and forever. Amen. Thanks be to God. Alleluia. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. God, you sent your Holy Spirit to teach us all things and bring to our remembrance the words of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Give peace to our troubled hearts that we may receive your promises and with all your saints offer you our adoration and praise. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. The first reading is from the 16th chapter of Acts. During the night, 
Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight for Samothrace, and the, ne and the next day on to Neapolis. From there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony and the leading city of that district of Macedonia. And we stayed there several days. On the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river, where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the woman who had gathered there. One of those listening was a woman named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira, who was a worshiper of God. The Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house. And she persuaded us. This is the word of the Lord. We now read Psalm 67 responsively. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us, that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you rule the peoples justly and guide the nations of the earth. May the peoples praise you, O God. May all the peoples praise you. Then the land will yield its harvest, and God, our God, will bless us. God will bless us, and all the ends of the earth will fear him. The epistle reading comes from the 21st chapter of Revelation. One of the seven angels, who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues, came and said to me, Come, I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain, great and high, and showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It shone with glory of God, and its brilliance was like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with 12 gates and with 12 angels at the gates. On the gates were written the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. There were, there were three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, and three on the west. The wall of the city had 12 foundations and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The 12 gates were 12 pearls each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was of pure gold, like transparent glass. I did not see a temple in the city, because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light, 
and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does, not, who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. This is the word of the Lord.
Please stand. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 16th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. In that day you will no longer ask me anything. I tell you the truth, my Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. Until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive, and your joy will be complete. Though I have been speaking figuratively, a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly about my Father. In that day you will ask in my name. I am not saying that I will ask the Father on your behalf. No, the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. Then Jesus' disciples said, Now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. You believe at last, Jesus answered, but a time is coming and has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated.
Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from our risen and our victorious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Here again, the, just the last verse of our gospel reading from the gospel of John chapter 16. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. In the name of Jesus, Christian friends, this morning we kind of travel back a little bit in time. I, I know this is the season of Easter, but today we're going to go back to Holy Week. That was a week, of course, like no other week in history. And for Jesus, as you know, it was a very, very painful week. It was a week that would eventually end with his death on the cross on Good Friday. It was a week that, that seemed to start out well enough for Jesus. I mean, he entered into the city of Jerusalem, not in a very majestic way. He was riding on a donkey, as you remember. But people treated him as a king. And they were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Remember that, that was Palm Sunday. We celebrated that just seven weeks ago. And those people in Jerusalem, they welcomed Jesus with open arms. But then you, you might remember what happened the following day. Jesus walked into the temple, into his father's house, and what did he see there? Well, what he did not see was worship and praise and prayer. What he did see was buying and bartering and selling and cheating. And that brought pain to the Savior's heart. Pain so strong that he couldn't help but to drive those buyers and sellers out of the temple and overturn their tables. Throughout the rest of the week, Jesus taught the people in Jerusalem. But he was constantly harassed by the scribes and the Pharisees and the other religious leaders until Thursday came. Finally, Jesus could kind of get away from it all with his disciples and celebrate that Passover meal quietly in the upper room in Jerusalem. But for Jesus, he knew. He knew that he would soon be betrayed by one of his disciples. He knew that all the others would desert him. And he also knew that none other one would deny him. And he knew that within 24 hours, he would be arrested, tried, beaten, whipped, tried again, spit upon, laughed at, and then nailed to a cross. Before the sun set on Friday, he would be buried in a borrowed tomb. And so as he came to the end of his earthly ministry, as he, he prepared to die for you and for me, he wanted to do some things that needed to be done, and he, need, and he wanted to say some things that needed to be said. So in their last meal together, remember, Jesus wrapped that towel around his waist, and he washed his disciples' feet. He gave them that holy supper of his body and blood that we still celebrate today, that we celebrate this morning. And then he shared with them a promise. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. <laughs> what a beautiful promise. 
Jesus says, so you may have peace. Oh, do we want peace? We need peace. Because we have so little, it seems. We live in a world that is just full of illness and heartache and violence and insecurity and disease and pain and war and sin and death. I mean, there's fear-inducing stuff all around us. And peace seems so very hard to come by. And yet, Jesus says, I've told you all this so that you may have peace. We've actually heard him share that peace before. I mean, just a couple chapters earlier, actually, in the same upper room, John chapter 14, Jesus says to his disciples, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as this world gives. So take heart. Let your hearts not be troubled. Peace. St. Paul knew that peace. That caused him to write in Romans chapter 5. He says, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. And then in Philippians chapter 4, St. Paul says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Actually, the Bible talks about peace all the time. And that peace that the Bible talks about can only come from God himself. And the one who brings that peace is none other than the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ. You know, at the, at the beginning of the life of Christ, we get this little preview of what that child would bring. The angels came, remember? And they, they sang a song of welcome to the Christ child. Remember what they sang? Glory to God in the highest. The glory of God is coming down from heaven. God in his glory is descending to this world, becoming a baby. Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, what? Peace. Peace to men on whom his favor rests. Where does that peace come from? Well, it descends from the glory of God, and it comes in the person of Jesus Christ. But you know, really, if you think about it, that world in which Christ came, there, there was no peace. In fact, Jesus never lived in peace. He always lived under, under the rule of the Romans. Remember how it was the law of the land that if a Roman soldier wanted you to carry his bags, he could tell you to do that, and it was not optional. <laughs> you had to do it. I, I wonder how often Jesus carried the bags of the Roman soldiers. I'm constantly under the thumb of the Roman rule. There was no peace in that world for G Jesus and for the Jews. But Christ came to bring peace. Not necessarily a, a, an absence of war. We haven't had that, have we? Not necessarily not having any quarreling or freedom, freedom to do whatever we want to do. That's not the peace that he comes to bring. And that's not the peace that he's talking about here in John chapter 16. The peace that Christ brings is a peace that transcends all understanding. It's a peace that's only made possible through Christ's life and through Christ's death and through Christ's resurrection. We see him bring that peace. I mean, walk with him and, and stand with him in front of Annas and in, stand with him in front of Caiaphas and stand with him in front of Pontius Pilate. You will see him bring peace. 
stand with him as they, as they plant that crown of thorns on his head. Stand with him as they, as they mock him and as they spit on him, as they strike him. Walk with him to Calvary and stand with him there as he dies. You will see him bring peace there on Calvary. And listen to what he says from the cross. Father, forgive them. It is finished. See him rise from the dead on that first Easter morning. Eternal life is given. Peace is given. Watch as he ascends into heaven. We celebrate that this upcoming Thursday. He's preparing a place for you there because peace is now established. Peace is established between God and man. Sins are taken away and they are placed on Jesus so we may have peace. Guilt is lifted and done away with so we may have peace. Failures and faults and slip-ups and burdens are forgiven and they are forgotten forever so we may have peace. And that's true peace. That's a peace made possible only through a relationship with Christ. That's a peace that comes from knowing that sins are forgiven, that life eternal is yours, that salvation is secure, that the troubles of this present age are nothing compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. And that gives us peace. But you know, having that peace does not mean that we won't have troubles. You know that, right? You know, there, there are so many that say, that sometimes preach and sometimes teach that you're, that, that really a Christian, if you're a real Christian, you're not going to have any troubles. That's nonsense. Absolute nonsense. L- listen to what the Christ says. He says, my peace I leave with you. I've told you about me, and I've told you about the kingdom in heaven, and I've told you all that so that you may have peace. But in the very next sentence, what does he say? In this world, you will have trouble. Jesus does not say, in this world, you might have trouble. He does not say, you know, you're going to have 60% chance of trouble here or there. He doesn't say that. He says it's coming. In this world, you will have it. And that's kind of hard to hear, I think. It's hard to hear sometimes because I think we feel like we can't have peace if we've got trouble. We feel we can't have peace unless everything is kind of going our way. We feel we can't have peace unless everything is correct or right with the family. We can't have peace unless everything is correct at work or correct at church or right anywhere else. So we don't want any quarreling or no fighting or tribulation or trouble. And if we have those things, we don't have peace. But that's not the peace that Jesus is talking about. In this world, he says, you will have it. You will have trouble. And anybody who tells you differently is lying to you. If you live in this world, trouble's coming. And many of you, maybe all of you, know exactly what I'm talking about. Sure, there's trouble. But even amidst the trouble of this world, do you hear what the Savior says to you? Two beautiful words. Take heart. Take heart. 
Why do we take heart? Because Jesus says, I have overcome the world. Take heart because even in the midst of troubles, the Prince of Peace can give you the gift of peace. That peace that transcends all understanding. I have seen the peace of God that transcends all understanding. You know where I've seen that? I've seen that in many of you. And there may be trouble and tribulation and heartache and pain and sorrow, and yet there's this peace of heart and there's this peace of mind. It's a peace amidst the trouble. And it's a peace that transcends understanding. It's a peace that says, I know that if everything else in my world is messed up, I know that I have a relationship with my Lord, and he has made me his child, and I've got his greatest gift and promises. And that gives me peace. That's a beautiful peace. And what a beautiful and holy thing it is to witness that peace that transcends all understanding displayed at the death of a loved one. I have seen that many, many times. Well, there's, there's trouble there. A whole lot of trouble. Death rips families apart. And there is pain there. And there is sadness there. I saw this in action on Friday at the funeral of our friend, Pastor John Schmidtke. There's plenty of tears there that day. There's plenty of sadness. There was great grieving because a, a wonderful husband and father and son, a tremendous pastor and visionary for the church, and a very good friend was taken from us. And a lot of us think taken way too soon but there was peace in that sanctuary on Friday. Through, through the scripture and through the preaching and through the singing, even through the morning, there was peace. For four and a half hours, there was peace in that service. And we rejoiced in that peace of Christ. Now, how in the world can peace be present at a moment like that? I can't explain that to you. That is a peace that transcends understanding. But for the child of God, the Savior gives peace. For each child of God, the Savior gives peace. We have peace. Even amidst that trouble of this life, the trouble of sin, the trouble of guilt, the trouble of pain, the trouble of sickness, the trouble of this world, but take heart, Jesus says. Take heart. I have overcome the world so that you may have peace. Amen. Now may that peace which transcends all understanding keep our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Would you please stand with me as we confess together our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. Find that on page 10 in your bulletin. Together we confess. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, 
the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man, and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. You may be seated as we gather our offering to the Lord. We stand for prayer. 
Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Gracious God, because of our Lord's holy life and perfect obedience and his death and his resurrection, you have counted us worthy to be called your own children. Help us to reflect this gift in lives full of holiness, gratitude, and service. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, guide us so that we may be led by the vision of heaven and your glory to speak the truth of the gospel and to serve others to the glory of your holy name. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, bless those who lead us in this and every land. Guide us in the pursuit of freedom, justice, and peace for all people everywhere. Bless also the leaders of our synod, district, and of this congregation. Help us all to rejoice in our baptismal calling and in the vocations that you have given to us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Open our hearts, Lord, to receive with thanksgiving all your gifts. Forgive us for being ungrateful for your mercy and grace. Teach us to be giving people who delight in the work of your kingdom. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We praise and we thank you, Lord, along with those who are graduating from elementary school, high school, and college. As these graduates look forward to opening a new chapter in their lives, we ask for your continued blessings upon them. Help them use their talents and improve their abilities to your glory. Bless their growth in grace and in faith. And give them ample opportunities to serve you and your people in this world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Gracious Lord, make your presence known to the sick and to the suffering, the aged and the dying, and bring them peace, healing, and strength. We especially remember this day, B. Doherty, Linda Mullering, and Bill Rickert as he is recovering from surgery. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord God, we rejoice with those who thank and praise you for your good gifts. And today we especially pray with Rachel Garr and her family as they celebrate her birthday, Roberta Loesch and her family as they celebrate her birthday, and Leon Steinbrook as he and his family celebrate the birth of his great-granddaughter, Elsie Joanne. Continue to pour out your grace and your blessings, Lord. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, and most especially are we bound to praise you on this day for the glorious resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, the very Paschal Lamb, who was sacrificed for us and bore the sins of the world. By his dying, he has destroyed death. And by his rising again, he has restored to us everlasting life. Therefore, with Mary Magdalene, Peter and John, with all the witnesses of the resurrection, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing.
Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us ever to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night on which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
Now may this eating and drinking keep and preserve you in the true faith until life everlasting. Go in the Lord's peace and in his joy. Amen. We pray. We give you thanks, O Lord, for the foretaste of the heavenly banquet that you have given us in this sacrament. Through this gift, you have fed our faith, nourished our hope, and strengthened our love. By your spirit, help us to live as your holy people until that day when you will receive us as your guests at the wedding supper of the Lamb, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. We remain standing as we sing our closing hymn together. Jesus lives, the victory's won. <laughs>